Rafferty Swink, and you're listening to Rocket Night. right now i'm in i'm in new york right now oh okay you are in new york yeah because i know the band is from there but uh i guess you guys are going to be touring soon yeah we're going to be on the west coast um in september the second half of september we're going to be down doing starting in portland and then working our way all the way south to probably la and then um back up to the bay area to close out the tour have you toured before yeah, yeah, we've been, I mean, as a band, we've been touring for probably the, about the last five years, and we've been doing a West Coast tour every fall, pretty much, except for, I think, last year, but every other year since we've been a band, we've been doing, a, like, a, a West Coast run, probably in, the, you know, mid, mid-September to early October, and, yeah, every year it's just been growing bigger and bigger, which is is there a reason that you go to California and Oregon and all that? Uh, well, there most of most of the band originally is from the West Coast, so when we were first starting out, it was easy to book shows just based on connections that we had in California and Oregon and Washington. But I mean, we also tour on the East Coast, and we've been working our way out into the Midwest over the past year as well. So. We tour, we've been touring all over the place, but right now, the only one on the horizon is the West Coast. Okay. So. Uh, let's talk about the, the band and how it got started. I understand that you play the keyboards. I do. I play, I play mostly, mostly organ now um, and also some synthesizer in the group. So. And the band started around, what, 2012? Well, it's, it's funny because... It, our guitarist, Matt Gibbs, actually started a band with a similar name while he was in high school, and then when he moved out to Boston to go to college, he just took the name with them. So, and then he just started like a new group with the same name. And mm-hmm. so that's where I entered the picture, and that was in 2010. And that's when the band that is currently, you know, playing and together, that's when that that band started to coalesce. Now, I understand that uh, all of you or most of you went to Berkeley, and that and that's how you all got acquainted? Yeah, we were all living in Boston and attending school there. And, um, yeah, we met at I don't think I ever actually had any classes with any of the guys um, in the band, but we all met while we were going there um, and kind of outside of, out, outside of, school and classes and stuff we all met in Boston and started playing. I found it interesting that you all went to Berkeley because the music that you play is not jazz and I always most of my friends that have gone to school there that's that's what they play. Yeah yeah 
It's yeah, that's very true. Um, we're the kind of especially now the the kind of music that we play definitely is kind of outside of the ordinary for the kind of stuff that's coming out of Berkeley because it is a jazz school, and so there's a lot of that and a lot of kind of more just like groove-based funk music, which is definitely what we used to be. Mm-hmm. But now we've kind of tried to, you know, enter back into the kind of psychedelic rock that we all, you know, love and, you know, grew up listening to. And I I feel like now if we were to go back and play play at, you know, the shows that we used to play when we were in college, it would, it would be a completely different different thing, you know. Yeah, I listened to some of your earlier music, and it definitely was funk. Yeah. But this this EP, uh, I I analyzed every song, actually. I would really say it's more like 60s soul. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's definitely a big, big influence. I'd say it's just that and and more more traditional rock and roll I think are definitely over the past two years we've kind of taken a step back and reevaluated you know our our interest and this aesthetic as a band mm-hmm. and I think that we kind of felt like the like the you know the you know like Memphis and New Orleans soul and R&B mm-hmm. and also kind of more psychedelic and punk rock, like fuzzy psych rock were like the, the things that I think were more more resonating in a true way with us musically. And so we kind of have spent, you know, the process of writing and recording this record to trying to develop a sound that I think is more more genuinely us and I think using the elements that we have in a more creative way. It's interesting because you guys are young Yet the music has a vintage sound. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean that's that's true. I think that that has a lot to do with the recording process. Um, we recorded the basics to tape, and also we we all just I think like that like that sound. We like the the feel of analog distortion, analog. You know the actual like the the the, the crunch that you get from pushing pushing the tape into the red mm-hmm. is kind of the sound that we really enjoy. And so I think that that's just kind of a nature of our, our taste and obviously our musical influences and the, the resources we had to record um, this record, which was basically just a funky, funky eight-track quarter-inch tape, tape machine that we recorded basics into and then put them onto the computer afterwards and did some, you know, did overdubs and mixing and stuff. So there's definitely like the analog and and the more, you know, contemporary digital ways of recording um, present on on the record. But you're right in feeling like it, it sounds, it has like a vintage vibe to it because we definitely were trying to make it sound natural and organic and not, you know, very clean and, and the things we usually associate with modern recording. Well, it's not just the way it's recorded. I'm talking about the style of music. I yeah. Can we can we discuss some of the songs, maybe? Because uh, definitely. Uh, I've listened to your EP. I don't know how, 
lots of times. <laughs> I yeah. I enjoyed I enjoyed the EP so much. Uh, Last of the Acid Cowboys. I, I wish it was yeah. an album like five songs. Is you know it's not enough for me. <laughs> I'm glad that's that's great. That's great. Well, I hope that when we release more more music, that I hope that more people feel like that once they hear the well, EP. It, so then we can just keep putting more and more stuff out. Well, the what really gives it a vintage vintage sound too. The songs are three minutes long, like right. they, like they used to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We're definitely. I mean. Definitely, I think that I was probably the main proponent in that, that I think that just like my personal philosophy as a songwriter is just like leave, leave, leave the audience wanting more. Mm -hmm. So I think that I'm definitely drawn to the challenge of making a song that's, you know, short, you know, between two and a half and three and a half minutes. I think the longest song is like a little over four minutes on the EP. But the others are all between two and a half and three minutes. And there's like a challenge there in making making a song that is engaging, but also, you know, just like is to the point. And I think that, you know, the music, you know, stacks records, that's that's what all the all those songs had to fit on a forty five. And exactly. so they're only three minutes long and they're still great songs and I think that they have so much replay value because they don't have enough time to get boring, you know? Like, I could just... There's so many examples of, you know, Otis Redding songs, or even, like, you know, Sam and, you know, the rock and roll that we we love, too. Like, like Sam and Dave? Stuff like that. Sam and Dave? Dave? Yeah, totally. I hear All that. those guys, I mean, even... I guess the, like, Iggy Pop and the Stooges and people like that started to stretch out a little bit, but there's, like, I Want to Be Your Dog and songs like that. They're only like two and a half minutes long, and so I'll just I'll just keep playing the same song all day long because it's just short and mm -hmm. exciting, and uh, yeah. So you're definitely right that that's an influence from the the soul and you know older older records. Is well, the the song with the real vintage feel is "Don't Give Up Your Mind." Yeah, it's funny because that's one of the older. That's the probably the oldest song out of the entire stock of we recorded 16 songs when we went into the studio and a lot of them were pretty new that we'd like written for this project but don't give up your mind is actually a track that we recorded four years ago and didn't like because of the way we produced it and the, the arrangement and we kind of brought it back after kind of leaving it on the shelf for a couple of years and not really even performing it out anymore. And when we were working on this record, we were like, hey, well, maybe we can try to, you know, put some new mojo on this, this mm -hmm. track. And so we kind of, you know, stripped it back and made it really kind of open and more, it's probably the most delicate song on the EP and most soulful, definitely. And so mm -hmm. we kind of were just like, you know, we got to do this song that, what it's what it's calling for and what it was calling for was more of like the like Willie Mitchell style you know Memphis production with the horns that were still still there's like grit there but mm -hmm. it's also very sweet and and kind of you know loving. It it does have that kind of slow dance uh, appeal to yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, well, because the other songs there's so much rock 
on on the record too that I feel like it's nice to have a little break from the chaos where people can kind of cool out a little bit and it's nice to have like that one and Moon Eclipse the Sun have a little bit of a slower tempo and people can kind of just groove to it and I think that it's nice to have that balance between the more straightforward rock and roll songs and the songs that have a little bit more of a the, the dance the mm-hmm. dance danceability factor like the dance factor you know where people can just kind of like shake their hips and get get a drink you know well the whole the whole ep is very danceable i mean but i understand where you want to slow down it's funny when i listen to don't give up your mind i think of the movie the commitments Okay. And the music from the commitments, which was '60s, obviously. Yeah. And um, with the whole brass horn section, I don't know if you're familiar with a band called Here Comes the Mummies. Uh, if you Mummy. if you're not, oh. look them up. Here Comes the Mummies. Oh. They're actually they dress up like mummies. That's awesome. But the reason they do that is they're incognito. Nobody knows who they are. Yeah, they're they're um, Nashville famous studio people that, for contractual reasons, are not allowed to play outside uh. of their contracts. So they they're working around that by dressing up incognito. That's 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 amazing. Look and look them up. They play mostly in the Midwest. Oh. Here comes the mummies. The music oh, oh. is very double entendre, and um, they yeah, use yeah. a lot of horn. But it made me think oh, of yeah. that, and uh, I, I really like that a lot. Um, the first song, the Moon Eclipse song, was it Moon Eclipse of the yeah. Sun? Uh, to me, sounds kind of like Black Keys, which yeah, they, they have a retro I've, song. I've actually, since it's come out, people have been saying that a lot, um, which I, I only take as a compliment because I... It is. I wasn't con- conscious of that um, when we were when Matt brought the song to the band or when we were working on it. Um, but I'm glad because the, I think that especially the the early Black Keys records. When I was you know growing up, I'd play those you know Tullahoma and mm-hmm. Freakness and all those records. Definitely are part of my you know my growing up, and mm-hmm. I I loved them. I loved the White Stripes. I loved that kind of garage revival that happened in the the mid-2000s when all those bands started, you know, getting back into those those long-forgotten blues guys and stuff and kind of bringing that to my, because I was probably... The influence, yeah, from your earlier years. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when I was in sixth grade, I remember buying um, the the Get Behind Me Satan album, the White Stripes record. I love that, yeah. Having my mind blown by that record and then shortly after that discovering the Black Keys because they were actually they were still on um, Fat Possum Records and they were they were just playing like little dive bars still and they came through my hometown I wasn't able to go because I was underage but I remember seeing the posters around and then going and buying the record in the record store and being like oh my god these guys are like the black or they're like the white stripes only even bluesier yeah exactly especially those early records where it's just you know the two of them and it's super gritty probably recorded just like on a you know four track or something that was just that was my my entire Mm -hmm. life in high school so glad that people people are kind of making the correlation without being like this is a ripoff but more like 
like right no it, you know, like this is like in the same vein as that which is it, it's not a ripoff because the black keys could you people could be saying they're ripping off you know what i mean yeah yeah i mean yeah that's i mean it's silly to, to it's music 60s just, just 50s, like one 60s. big long river and exactly. everyone's just you know diving in so uh some of your music made me think of the heavy the band they use a lot of yeah, yeah. brass i love the heavy uh let's see let's go down your bloody bloody song the, the yeah. second one to me it sounds like british mod music okay yeah yeah i get that for sure you've got and and i'm glad i'm talking to you because you're the keyboard or organ guy do you play actually a, a b3 uh, huh do you play a b3 hammond by chance no well, but, it's funny on on the earlier on the earlier of Volpo stuff. I used to play um, like more like B three or like Hammond mm-hmm. sounding organs. Mm-hmm. Now I I pretty exclusively play combo organs, which is more like the like the rock and like rock and roll organ sound, um, like Farfisa. Like a Fender Rhodes kind of uh, yeah sound, whatever. Um, it's like yeah, it's like the organ equivalent of like mm-hmm. a Fender Rhodes. It's like they're they're often like smaller and and a lot funkier than the B3. Mm-hmm. And they're ne- I I play through a guitar amp, not a Leslie. So there's none of the 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 rotary mm-hmm. sound. It's just um, vibrato that's built into the organ, the the organ, and it's all it's all electronic. Um, so it's kind of like a weird, you can get like weird, almost guitar sounds and almost synthesizer sounds sometimes, and mm-hmm. then also more classic organ sounds, mm-hmm. which is, which is, which I like. Yeah, I do too. I think of like Billy Preston, he always would give, uh, the songs that kick and the keyboard and all the songs to me gives it the kick. There's a riff. There's a chord progression. Yeah. You do like kind of the '60s chord pro- progressions and a riff. Yeah. And mod music. That's the '60s British invasion. Oh, I hear that. Absolutely. Yeah, in the mod, in the mod stuff, and also in like early like bands like like Quicksilver, Messenger Service, and the Thirteenth Elevators. And I guess. Oh yeah. The Doors are an obvious the Doors. example, but. I wouldn't say that the doors are like a huge influence on my organ playing. It's definitely more like um, the more like like fuzzy psych bands. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I definitely, definitely Matt, Matt and I definitely because there's only one good. Well, for a long time, Matt was the only guy playing guitar in our band. So I think that I started trying to play the organ to sound to like add where that second guitar would be. And so I started kind of approaching it in a more, not like primitive way, but in a more aggressive way than mm-hmm. normal, than like a normal keyboard player would. Because I think a lot of the times organ guy, like the, the normal role for an organ player in a band is just to like play chords and then like do like the really high like wailing note mm-hmm, and stuff, mm-hmm. especially in, in like more like soul and funk stuff. But I try to make, make the parts work either with the guitar or kind of in in response to the guitar part so that it doesn't feel cluttered or like I'm just doing, I don't know. I don't want to ever feel like my playing is just trying to 
Well, that's where the progressions come in because right, you're doing yeah. you're doing the rhythm. Yeah. You're doing the rhythm with what the guitar would do. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes, and like sometimes, playing stuff like with the guitar is a lot more powerful than if we were all doing our own thing. You know, to just have like that riff really be like the focal point and like fit really nicely. That takes you know it takes that power of both of us doing it, not just not just the guitar. If I was just playing chords or you know doing something mm -hmm. else. Well, if you think about, I love the cars the 80s sound of yeah. the cars. If you didn't have the riffs in there of the keyboard, uh, Greg, I forgot his last name, but he went to Berkeley too. Uh, right, yeah. It wouldn't be the same. Greg, uh, do you remember his last yeah. name? The cars, uh, yeah. Greg. It's on the tip of my brain, but he went to Berkeley I'm too. Gonna, I met him. Uh, wake up in the middle of the Greg Hawks. That's it, yeah. And, and his you know. little keyboard riffs or what I remember when I would hear the cars. Yeah. So, well, thank you. Yeah, I think that the cars and Devo and those kind of like new wave bands. B-52s. I hear a lot of B-52s. Yeah, because it's fun because that, I think that, and like the Talking Heads also, they are like, they're bands that, that you can dance to, but they also have kind of this, the, the like punk rock ethos. So I of think that course. that's like, something that we strive for, like being able to, like you can still dance, but it's also like very kind of like emotional well, and, and it's aggressive. rebellious, rebellious undertone to it. I hear like in Rat City and Last of the Acid Cowboys, I hear the 80s new wave, which is actually 60s music, if you think about it, but <laughs> the whole aggressive early 80s music. New Wave, we called it back then. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I hear that. Cool. You know, and even in the last of the Acid Cowboys, I like the Toadies a lot, you know, from the 90s. And uh, yeah. I hear kind of that Western kind of twangy guitar reverb. Yeah, we were trying to go for like kind of like spaghetti, like a psychedelic spaghetti Western mm -hmm. vibe on that, on that for the closer. Well, it, all the songs, I mean, I really, I really like a lot. And that's why I'm, I wanted to talk to you guys, too, because awesome. uh, I talk to a lot of bands, but I only have limited time, you know what I mean? Right, yeah, so yeah, it yeah. has to be bands that I'm really interested in, and uh, I like... I like the way you, it's almost like a party band, too. I mean, you can. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, we're like, with the, li with the live show, we really, you know, people like, like moving or, you know, getting crazy and wild is definitely the goal, as well as, you know, having that backed with good songs and good mm -hmm. arrangements and stuff. We want to be able to do both. So I'm glad that, that both of those things came across. Oh yeah, most definitely. I it's not ska, but I love the horn accompaniment because it really uh, adds depth and fleshes out uh, the songs. I'm you know? glad you said it's not ska because that's like we've been trying to the last as we've been writing, we've been spending the time like writing and recording this record. One of the biggest questions on our mind has kind of been how we can use the horn in a unique and creative way in in every song and trying to make sure that when the horns are playing, it's like a really like important moment and that 
they're there for a reason as opposed to just being like we're a band with horns and you know no no it's it's we're a band with horns we're going to put the horns on there but really like trying to take a step back and make sure that it's it's really pivotal for the, the horn parts to the horns uh, give it the soul to be honest exactly yeah you know like um slime the family stone you know, Rose Stone, I believe, was the one that played the trumpet. And, I mean, yeah. they had, that's what gives it the soul. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's kind of hard to pinpoint your genre in a sense. It, to me, it's more what? 60s. And that's a good thing. I'm I'm actually down in Florida. I wish you guys would cool. come down south. <laughs> Never made it. We haven't made it that far, that far down the east coast yet. But we're, we're going to start pushing there. We're going to start playing in D.C. and stuff this fall, I think. So hopefully we'll just continue to m make a trail so we can get yeah. all the way down. Well, go down I-95 and just hit yeah. you know hit Atlanta because I think they would like to hear your music. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, go down, you know, Orlando. I'm around Tampa. Avolfo means of it's of love backwards. And ah. It originally came from the, the Shakespeare line, if music be the food of love, play on. And it just, it was the food of love backwards, mm -hmm. but we cut off the food part, so it's just of love now, of also. Because it's phonetic, and it, people say that it sounds French. <laughs> I, I was thinking of uh, evolution, you know, when I saw evolve. Yeah. Like some, a play on, like, evolving or something. Yeah, it's really just kind. Of, at this point, it's 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 a uh, just like a nice sounding made up word. Mm -hmm. Well, it's unique. So if people do a search for it, they'll find it. Yeah, yeah. You can Google it. It's phonetic. So if you tell it to people, they can just spell it. So it does serve a purpose. <laughs> so uh, for the rest of the year, big plans. I know you're going to be. Um going out west anything else on the horizon um i think that after that we'll be back back on the east coast um continuing to play shows up and down the eastern seaboard we're talking about doing it trying to get a you know week probably like week or 10 day long east coast tour um later on in the fall slash early winter and um then we'll just be gearing up for the spring because we're going to be releasing the second part of this recording stuff that we've done uh, in the spring. So we're just going to be finishing up the final stuff for those tracks and then releasing more music and more touring probably. So, so you know, just trying to stay busy and keep playing and, you know. Sounds good to me. Getting the, getting the music out there. You're listening to Rock at Night. Thanks for the intro melody. It's called Get On Down by Billy Bass Alford. Thanks.